Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Hope everyone out there is doing well, hanging in there. Uh, we've got a very good show today. We've got Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football, and he's launching a new podcast called 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. So he uh, joins the show to talk about his new pod. Uh, he had Aaron Rodgers on, first guest, and there's some really great Aaron Rodgers stories that he shares with us. And we get into the whole aspect of working from home and the NFL season, talk about the office, hard knocks. So uh, it's a good conversation. If you missed last week's show, we had John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal on to go through the latest sports media news. Jeff Van Gundy two weeks ago, Joe Buck three weeks ago. So if you missed any of those Go into the archives, check them out, subscribe, rate, and review. All right, let's get to this week's show with the always entertaining and funny Kyle Brandt. All right, joining me now for the second time during the pandemic from Good Morning Football and now 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt, new podcast. My buddy Kyle Brandt. Kyle, how you doing? Jimmy, here's how I know you've become an incredible podcaster. <laughs> this is how I know it, because I'm listening to you. Talk to Joe Buck, the venerable Joe Buck, a, a guest of great stature, and you welcome the gentleman in. And within two seconds of him saying, hey, Jimmy, you're already talking about the Randy Moss disgusting act moment. And before he can even answer that, then you segue into uh, the topic of pornography. So he, it's like when someone walks into Howard's studio and he's peppering them with questions before they yeah. even sit down. Joe Buck is one of the biggest names in the industry, and you're hitting him with what's kind of looked at as a low moment for him and then porn before you're even finishing the opening credits. And that just means you've arrived, dude. Well, you're giving me way too much credit because the, the Randy Moss thing was brought up because I had to apologize to him basically. And I, I'm not sure I would characterize it of characterize it as um, a discussion about pornography it might be a little bit of a stretch. I heard the word several times, Jimmy, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just me reading into what I wanted to hear, but I did hear the word and I heard it early. So what do you want to jump me with? What, how much of a tool well, I was on real world or what? Oh, God. <laughs> don't bring up the real world. I can, you know, it's funny. I tweeted about the real. Oh, because um, I guess. So you were the real world Chicago. How far so the second real world was san francisco with uh -huh. puck yeah what season was yours do you remember what chicago was yeah sure season 11 and okay. it was, was uh, right after okay. back to new york we taped it in 2001 it was almost 20 right. years ago 
So that okay, so there's a big stretch there between yeah. season two and season oh, one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because there was something on Twitter about so Rachel from the Real World, who's now this political analyst, I guess, mm-hmm. is on the list that Trump submitted for debate moderators. Oh, so okay. I said if she's going to moderate the debate, she should have to do it with Puck. And I was shocked at how many people then tweeted me about the Real World, um, the Real World, San Francisco. Yeah, and it's it's ironic. There used to be a collector's item floating around in the '90s. It was a button you could wear that said "Puck for President." So those have got to come back. Did you ever meet Puck at like some like real world reunion or something like that? Hundred percent, I did. It was like a real world party. It wasn't even official. It was someone in the real world had a at a party at their house, and everyone came. And I was there. I was just standing around with a solo cup, like anybody else. And then I said, "Dude, that's Puck. I want to go meet Puck. Puck's a legend. I want to go talk to him." And he couldn't have been nicer. Definitely eccentric. I remember at the time he was all about eating plants and I don't mean like plant-based food. I mean, he was actually picking plants out of the ground and just eating them for for entertainment. So it lived up to the hype. I did get to meet him. If it was now, I would have an Instagram picture with him, but this is probably 05. So I did get to meet him. All right. So you wanted to get into the real world. We got into it. There we We go. It was was fun. Like who's like the all-time real worlder to you? Like if there was... I don't want to do Mount Rushmore because I feel sure. like, but like if there was one, like if you said that's the all-time real worlder right there. Okay. Ruthie for one is on my Rushmore if jumping into the pool naked in the Hawaii season with tech. I remember that was the first thing I was like, wow, this show's crazy. But right. the moment that, I mean, the moment when I was in college, when all my roommates and I watched it, it was the Seattle season, Steven and Irene on the pier and right. the slap right. and the, 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 the hat and the chase down and throwing the stuffed animal bear into the water. That was unbelievably good shit. And then I'm like, yeah. I need to watch this show. Little did I know a couple years later, like I would be the guy in the confessional booth, but that, <laughs> that was the moment for me. It's just, I'll never get over the fact that you start on the real world and you're on I the know. NFL network. <laughs> just never be able to get that. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have a new podcast coming out. 10 questions with Kyle Brandt. You had Aaron Rodgers on the first yeah. episode, which is huge. Um, but let's get this over with quickly because you had a tweet that everyone flipped out about last week or two weeks ago. Oh yeah. Um, did you regret, like when you said two things, when you sent it, did you know the reaction would, did you think the reaction could be what it was and any regrets or anything you wish you had done differently? Here's what that day was. We did good morning football for three hours and it was uncharacteristically a tense show. As you might imagine, there's not a lot of fun stuff going on. And in the last half hour of the show, the news, really bad Corona-related news about the Marlins started coming down. And I was really distracted and detached on the air. And I was I was just feeling really depressed. And it just, at the time, it felt like the sky was falling in terms of sports and Corona. And the show ended and I was just kind of coming down and just, I don't know, frustrated, not in a good mood. And I'm scanning through Twitter, which is the worst thing to do. Mm. And I just didn't like the tone of some of the tweets that I saw. And I I didn't, it bothered me. It irked me. And so I tweet out this thing about how, you know, it almost feels like some people in football media, you know, are rooting for the NFL season to be affected. And so you tweet that out and I just go about my day. Well, 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, I start getting texts from people that I know in the industry being like, Oh man, you know, dude, that tweet was 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 so great. I wish I could say that. Or like, wow, you're you're really in for it now. Just people texting me. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And then I look and I see, sure enough, what it, it was interpreted as. I strongly believe that every single pe- person in the football media is on their knees begging for COVID to take over the NFL, which I don't feel that way. And um, to answer your question about, do I regret it? Here's the thing, Jimmy, you know me well enough that I'm not, I'm not looking to incite. I'm not someone who I don't lob grenades on Twitter. It's maybe to the detriment of my following or even my career, but I just don't do that. It's not what I use Twitter for. It's not what I do media for. So yeah, I mean, if I could go back, I wouldn't tweet it because there were some people that I really respect and even more importantly, some people that I really like who got really insulted by it and were really pissed off. Like very, very, they took it extremely personally. So I'm not looking to do that. I don't care. I, you know, maybe that tweet in a roundabout really messed up way was good for my my profile or my brain. I don't know, but I don't keep yeah. score that way. So yeah. I'm not looking to do that. Um, 
but it's so fascinating. And that's, I think this is why it got talked about so much because it got hammered by many people I know and like in sports media. And yet it was also one of the more liked tweets I have ever sent. Um, so right. it's very confusing. This is the piece of advice I would give anybody. <laughs> if you want to piss off people on Twitter, God bless you. But be very careful pissing off professional writers. Like that that sucks because yeah. I could handle your garden variety uh, Raider fan who doesn't like what I said about Derek Carr. But when you get angry highly skilled, talented writers, they will Ginsu the shit out of you. Like they tweet well, they, they have stuck the landing on the spelling of your versus your, and they will really land punches. So some of those landed and, and people were mad and then I guess they moved on, but it was a weird day. Never intended it that way. Um, if, if you've noticed, I haven't taken it down because I still believe some of the substance I had behind that in my emotional moment is true and was at the time. But if I could do it all over, yeah, because, you know, Jimmy, I'm here to have fun and to talk sports and I I don't want to piss people off. I don't I don't make my living that way. I think that's where you ended up getting sort of to use a cliche. I don't even understand a rock and a hard place because I go through it, too, where you see things, you get frustrated. And at that point, the best thing to do is probably get off Twitter. But you want to say something. Yeah. And when you do. When you say the media, as opposed to calling out the specific people, yeah. that's where then you just get opened up because I do it too. Like I, because I'm like you, I'm not going to fight with people on Twitter. It's just, I'm not doing media feuds. I'm not. So I will not, I'm not into calling someone out by name unless it's a rod. Cause that's more like a funny <laughs> thing. Um, so then, you know, you sort of go with the whole, the media and then it, like you said, you have people who you like and respect then coming at you and then you're in this whole mess. You couldn't have said it better. And because people in the wake of it, and who I don't blame, their response is name names, name names. And right. I won't name names because right. all that does is it just leads to Twitter beef. And I find it to be one of the most pathetic things in all of society right now is Twitter beef. I cringe when I see people I like and respect having shin kicking contests with somebody back and forth on Twitter. And some people get off on it. Some people yeah. find it erotic. I will never do that unless I'm really forced to defend myself. So no, that's my prerogative. I'm not naming names because I know that's all it's going to lead to. And again, I, I just don't do that. So one tweet, move on. Uh, the cycle continues and um, weird, weird time where people are very sensitive. I, I look, I've tweeted thousands and thousands of times. If I had one that pissed people off, like it, it probably won't be the last. Yeah, you'll survive. I mean... It's not, I, I'll tell you what I find shocking about that is yeah. I guess you sort of have to, but what's surprising to me is you check Twitter while you're doing the show, but I guess I would mm-hmm. too, if I, I mean, those commercial breaks, you want to see what's going on, but if you're on live TV, even during the commercial breaks, I would think maybe, you know, it's good to not get in the muck of it. It's tricky. You know, we're, we're actually encouraged to by our bossers to, you know, tweet this. So Peter just said this, or we have this guest coming. And so you're supposed to be interactive as the show's going on. We actually should do it more. It's um, the, the one time I would not, I, I checked Twitter while I was working that I would not recommend is when I was doing play by play. That yeah, is, yeah. that's <laughs> distracting. That's not kind. I, I, I doubt very much. I could be wrong, but I doubt very much that whoever it may be, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth or Troy Aikman are, are checking their mentions while they broadcast. Um, so I would not do that again, but I was reminded I, of a Peter, or I, I mentioned Peter because Peter and I were joking about this. The tweet that sent everybody off, you ever do this, Jimmy? It, it got called up from the minors. And what I mean is uh, I texted it to somebody like uh, a, a high school friend of mine who is just follows sports really quickly, really closely. And I texted it basically because I was frustrated. And I just want to get off my chest. And he like, I don't know, his response was like, oh, dude, that's so spot on or something. And then you're like, all right, well, now I'm getting called up to the show. (laughs) And your emotion for maybe approval or just to exercise whatever demon you have in you, then you jump over to the big leagues and you put it on Twitter and then there's a whole different deal. Yeah. I I have a couple of friends who I will text stuff to that I want to tweet that I know I can't just to Mm -hmm. get it out of my system and... um, I have people who will run tweets by me mm-hmm. and you know, I wish you would have run that one by me, but you know. <laughs> um, um, wait, there was something I was going to say about you, you were saying, and now I can't remember. So I guess it's okay. Um, 
I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, getting, I want to get back to the show because you said yeah. you guys are encouraged to sort of tweet during the show, which uh-huh. um, I find frightening. But how has been <laughs> doing Good Morning, uh, Good Morning Football from Home been during the last few months? Well, I'm glad we get to do it. We had a good, I don't know, man. We had a month off of just no shows. And then it's like, let's do, let's tape computer shows and we'll do a two minute segment on who, what quarterback in the AFC North has the most to prove? Everybody get 30 seconds. And it was just, we had to crawl. And so now, listen, we sit here, we do it three hours live at Rears for another three hours. And I'm in, you know, my crappy basement with the camera propped up on a, a giant pallet of rice that we brought for quarantine. And I, everything's on clothes hangers and it sucks. But when the show starts, you know, they play our music and there's Nate and Kay and Peter and me and, and we get to do it. I think uh, I find it really limiting and very frustrating because uh, our show we do is the whole backbone of it is four friends sitting at the table shooting the shit about football. And it's unbelievably limiting. Like we, we are, we're in this linear setup where, you know, we've all seen this, especially when TV shows restarted after the quarantine or after COVID it's you get into that crazy car wreck where six people are talking at one time because they're all in six different locations. And so the way these shows are made are it's, it's very, very, um, stop and go. It's, it's, you have a director in your ear saying, okay, Kyle talk after Kyle talks and finishes his thoughts on Lamar, Nate will be next then Peter. And so, our, our thing is like we sit around and bust balls and interrupt each other and, and make fun of each other and have jokes and comebacks and all that. And it's Peter's wrapping up and he just said something ludicrous that I want to bust his balls on. But it's time for Kay to talk and it's her turn and she's waited. So I just have to sit there and say nothing. And likewise, then when they want to say something. So it's tedious. It really is. And we're trying as hard as we can, as I know everybody is. But there's no replacement for live theater. It's not like right. that at all. It's like we're on closed circuit television instead of off Broadway. So it's frustrating, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. So we're trying to make the best. Yeah, I mean, I get accused a lot from people who listen to this podcast of like interrupting guests, and I'm like always like, it's not an interruption. I'm trying to like do a back and forth, have a conversation, interject yep. something. And when you're in person, you can do it. When you're not in person and you're just on this sort of thing that we're doing now, or like you guys are doing, it's just it's hard to do that. Very hard. And that's why, I mean, you, you and I have done this podcast before sitting in the same room when people used to sit in the same room and, it, and it's a lot easier. And I, I've done a bunch of podcasts recently, just promo stuff. It's very hard to shut up because the whole point of a podcast is spontaneity and creativity and, and being quick, quick witted. But sometimes you just have to be like, oh, I have the perfect follow for that. And I'm going to get in my, uh, whatever me, I have the great Judd Nelson joke that I'm going to get in here. Nope. <laughs> the Judd Nelson joke is going to die because that person yeah. doesn't stop talking and it's a car wreck if I don't. And the Judd Nelson joke should never die. That's should what I think. Die. Yeah, should never die. I know. Have you thought about, and it's kind of depressing, but have you thought about <laughs> doing the show the way you're doing it when the season starts? And, you know, is that a bummer? Or will you guys, or you speak for yourself, would you, you just be so happy that there's football that you'll do the show anyway and you don't care? Well, listen, I, I've passed this point of saying, Hey, the commute is great. I just walked down two flights of stairs. Don't have to go in the city. I can do this show in my sweatpants. Huh? I mean, that's a very that's a very May thing to say. Like that yeah. was everybody's joke. Just like similarly, Jimmy, I've passed the point where I, I think I'm good on the cute kids on TV crashing the set. I, I don't think it's funny anymore. We've all seen that everybody has cute kids who climb in the background and mine have done it a million times, including today. But I'm just tired of that little thing where – I guess Twitter loves it because my daughter, my four-year-old walked into my shot today while I was talking about the Packers. And honestly, like I was annoyed. Like I'm like, we've done this 20 times where the yeah. cute kid comes on and the other cast members say, oh, put her on. Hi, who's your favorite team? Who's your favorite player? And it's adorable. And I got two kids, but like, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I kind of want to be in a professional space. I'm a 41-year-old man. Like I, I don't uh-huh. want my kids to come into where I work every two seconds. So I'm a little bit over that if you can hear it in my voice. It sounds like you might be a little bit over that. <laughs> My poor daughter. She just wanted me to unlock the passcode on her Amazon Kindle so she could watch uh, Peppa Pig. Um, but uh, you, you asked the question about the season. Look, in the season, our shows, it's a ton of highlights. And so a lot of times the way we do highlights is we interact and Nate and I try to one-up each other on dumb references in the middle of a boring Seahawks game. So that's going to be really hard. Um, 
I think my takeaway is this. There are comforts of doing the show at home for sure. And I get to see my family more. But there's a reason you go to the office. You get away. You lock yourself in. You're in a professional atmosphere and professional clothes, professional conduct. And, you know, I'm at a point now, Jimmy, where I'm, I'm sitting down at commercial breaks. And if I'm not tweeting some dumb thing, I'm doing push-ups or I'm on the toilet or I'm changing the whites in the laundry. It's, it's absurd. I, I want to go to work. I, I feel like right. I've been on the job for many months, but I haven't gone to work since March. See, if I was the producer of Good Morning Football, I would have you breaking down Tom Brady and the Bucks while you're folding the whites, while you're on the toilet, while you're <laughs> dealing with your kids. Like That's how I would do the show, but the NFL might be a little more strict with their we tried that a little bit. It, 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 dude, it's so limited. And, and let me tell you, it's, it's putting a man on the moon is putting four people on live television for three hours with remote cams and no one here to help us. So it, it's, a, it's a miracle that the network and Embassy Row have pulled off doing our show and all these shows are getting done at home because I cannot tell you, Jimmy, I know that you're jumping through hoops and plugging this shit into this shit, and I didn't join audio, and I didn't disconnect from this, just to do a, a podcast. You're talking yeah. to one person. You yeah. won't believe how many times we're 30 seconds before a segment or in a segment, and I'm like, you know, my goddamn camera went off. What do I do? I don't know how to handle this. And they're like, can you try? What did you? And they're always like, what did you do? And I'm like, right, I didn't do right. shit, dude. I'm sitting right. here talking about Russell Wilson. Uh, did you pull something? No. And so they're trying to text you how to you know cross the blue wire with the red wire it's so hard and you feel like you're 3000 years old and the people get frustrated cuz you can't get the camera on so you're catching me at rock bottom cuz this morning was a rough show with all these technical this and that uh, i just want to be amongst professionals who know how to do the sound and, and video and and i miss yeah. that yeah i feel that's how i feel with this podcast but i mean i do this once a week and you you're doing tv five days a week so there's a big difference what the show starts at seven so with this whole working from home setup and getting all your cameras like when do you have to start the process to get ready for the show when we used to go to the studio i would wake up at uh at 4 20 and that's not a weed joke that was just the exact moment i had calculated <laughs> over the years that that's how much time i needed and i would get up and shower and get dressed and then get into the city and all that and all that stuff now i wake up at five and I mean, you should, I'm not joking. Like I do the show in shorts and no socks as I'm doing the show, right? Just shorts and no socks barefoot mm -hmm. on my basement carpet, like a caveman. I walk down and we, we have a, I flip on the cameras, I turn on the lights and then we have a production meeting like over zoom. That's usually pretty quick. And then at 7am you clip on your mic and they say, let's go, let's talk about Dak Prescott. And it's, and then at the end of the show, you just unplug and flip it off. So not to mention, you know, this is my basement. Like I use right. the kids play down here. I try to exercise down here. And it's now it's there's there's 3000 miles of cables. There's two monitors. There's these giant lights that could light up Wrigley Field. It, it's 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 a totally intrusive thing. And yet this is how I'm keeping the lights on. I'm paying the bills. So like this will go on indefinitely. I don't know how long. Yeah. And listen, if when they play games, everyone's going to be tuning in to you guys. So you, you got to be ready for it. We're ready, baby. We're ready. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C. And trending topics on social media. As well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's uh, let's talk about your new pod. Yeah. 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt comes out Wednesday, I believe. Wednesday, August 12th. First episode, nice, nice guest for the first episode, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And uh, we got a little taste last week where he uh, talked about going to the tequila uh, on draft night <laughs> yeah. when they drafted a QB, the Packers. Um, give me, so tell me why the format here of 10 questions uh, of, you know, with a guest for the pod. Well, Jimmy, no one would know this more than you, but th- there is no... <laughs> there is no more commonly tweeted or Instagrammed or Facebook sentence right now, probably than, Hey, everybody check out my new podcast. Yeah. I mean, everybody like my aunt Patty has a podcast on gardening. <laughs> like everybody yeah. has a fucking podcast and yeah. God bless them. But I just said, I there's, there's too many people who are too well entrenched and too good at this. I cannot just announce that I have a podcast and it's me and I'm going to get some thoughts off my chest and have some jokes. And then we'll bring some guests by. I can't do that. But if you want that kind of podcast, there's tons of them for whatever you want. I, I the, the marketplace is way too crowded. So the phrase that kept coming up was cut through the clutter. It's just you have to have some sort something. You either have to have uh, extraworldly talent or you have to have something that's different and unique. So my idea was... Everybody loves game shows. Everybody has a podcast and I have both. It's it's sort of a trivia show and a game show where you get a score and you ask questions to the guest and it's fun and everybody likes to be challenged. And then in the wake of them answering the question right or wrong, I then reveal how it is meaningful to their life and what it and then you get into some really substantive conversation. And then so the, the great thing is that, listen, we've done four of them. I've recorded four of them, especially with athletes. They're so competitive. So all you have to do to athlete B is say, just want to let you know before we go into this, there's 10 points available. The last guy who came on got a six out of 10. So basically, if you get a four, he's going to dunk on you. And they want it so badly. And their faces contort, and they swear, and they get up and walk away from the table. So I've added a competitive element and a game show element. And I think people will like it. I know that the contestants liked it. I, I like that idea. I, I do think, I mean, you hit on a huge point there. I think in order to launch a new podcast now, you sort of have to do something different or unique. Um, so I think this format is great. And with the 10 questions, now you've done four of them. I'm just curious, what what's like the average length of these pods with the 10 questions? Well, the Rogers one, it was an unbelievable recording session. I talked to Aaron Rodgers on a Friday night. He was still in California at the time where he spends a lot of time in the off season. He sits down, he pours a scotch and we talked for close to two hours. Wow. 
Now it'll be edited down. So it's shorter than that. But like, we just kept talking and talking and talking. And he was in no hurry and pour another scotch and pour another scotch. Dude, I, I don't know how he, one of my takeaways from talking to Rogers, he must have the highest tolerance in the world because I know everybody made fun of him because of his beer chugging. Yeah. This dude pounded scotch for two straight hours during which time he is answering some really high wire questions, uh, not only about fun stuff, but, you know, national anthem protests and social justice and all kinds of COVID stuff and just sticking every answer in between slugs of scotch. So did, this guy can drink. Did you notice any difference in him, though, at the end of the pod from the beginning of the pod? <laughs> I don't even think so, because from the get-go, he was goofy, so maybe he started early, but I did have some of the heavy questions, which with, for which you wouldn't want to be intoxicated, in the back. So, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm not even making this up. Like, I'm asking him specific stuff about national anthem protests and all the uh, social injustice and all this, and the Packers, what are they going to do? And this is question nine out of 10, so we're 90% through, and there's been a lot of scotch, and he's just is dealing pearls. So... He's got it, man. He is talented in many, many, many ways, and I would not want a drinking competition with him. Two hours drinking scotch, chatting with Aaron Rodgers. It sounds pretty – I mean, that's as good a Friday night as you're going to get there in quarantine and a pandemic. It was so fucking good. I mean, it was one of the best nights I've had. It's like you would do a Zoom session with your friends and drink, except right. it was him, and he's got crazy stories, and he's got takes, and all kinds of like really impassioned rants on things. It was the best. So I'm curious because I'm going to do full disclosure here for the listeners. I don't like bullshitting and giving them like the fake setup. So I talked to yeah. Kyle yesterday briefly on the phone yeah. and I asked him about booking Rogers and Kyle said he booked him himself because I was under the impression that Kyle had a booker or the NFL was helping Kyle book. And he said he booked Aaron Rodgers himself. And I said, all right, let's not discuss this now. Let's discuss it on the pod because that fascinates me. Mm -hmm. So you, you're booking the pod yourself, all the guests. Yeah, for right Correct. now, the first four that we did um, are just, they're kind of friends of mine or contacts. Um, so we've done Aaron Rodgers, Paul Rudd, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, and Kirk Cousins. And they're all just guys that I either kind of know or text with occasionally. I, the question I keep getting is, dude, like, how did you land Rodgers, A, and B, how yeah. did you get a, an intimate one-on-one -on -one where he'll talk about anything? And the well, answer forget is intimate one on one. I mean, two hours. Two hours. That's unbelievable. And honestly, Jimmy, like he was up for anything. There, yeah. there were things that I couldn't, that I didn't ask. Rather, like I didn't ask things about his his personal life that I could have, and I think he would have just rolled with it. I just didn't yeah. go there. Yeah. But the answer to the question of how did you get him? Because I've been tr building a relationship with Aaron Rodgers for about fourteen years. Like it really goes back that far. I met him when I was a producer for Jim Rome in California, and he would come on the show. Occasionally, and I would talk with him in the green room, just nothing special, just bullshit. Then you run into him here and there and yeah, how you doing? Good to see you again. He's great at remembering names. He's very, very smart right. like that. Yeah. And then honestly, he, he he's a huge fan of Good Morning Football. And, and I'm not putting words in his mouth. He gushes about it. So he would DM me occasionally because he follows me and he would just say, loved what you said there. That was so dead on. And so we DM back and forth. And then Jimmy, it's just anybody can relate to this. If, if you're starting a new job or you want to ask out the girl or anything, I took a shot and I knew this show was cool and it was going to work, but we needed a great first guest. And I DM'd him and I just took my shot, or shot my shot, as they say. And I laid out what it is. And I said, I think you would really like it, man. And I can't think of anybody I'd like to have more than my first guest. And just let me know if you'd like to come on. I think you'll have a really good time. I sent the DM and, you know, I pressed send and I'm like, God, it. I hope he says yes. I hope he reads it. And like five minutes later, he said, yes, I'm in. And I was like, holy shit. That I said, is unbelievable. Incredible. I got goosebumps, man. Unbelievable. Um, yes, I'm in. And then, you know, we didn't talk for a couple of weeks. And I was like, man, I, I sure hope he's into it. He didn't reply to my direct message. And you just start looking at all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then sure enough, he's like, yeah, man, whatever you need, I'm in. And he sits down and he, it was just, I, I really mean this. He was so fucking cool. And in the sense that like, so professional and so open and so candid and so like just really interesting takes and some of them very scathing takes. It was one of those things where you're like, you got a whale on the line. And so just fucking ride it out, man, because you may never get another opportunity like this again. And so that's why we talked for too long because I was going for it and he yeah. wasn't going anywhere. You should break. You could, you could even get to, I mean, if you're, you're getting your, pot off the ground but that's when we could do two parts with him an hour each week but that is just such a great i love that story so much because as someone has to book their own podcast it's like you know 
you plan out that that DM or that email. Yep. Like you do that, like I, I, the effort you put into that is more than you put into like studying for your SATs. And then <laughs> you get this, there is this adrenaline rush when you hit send on it. And yep. then you either get a response or you don't get a response. And when you don't get a response, it's so demoralizing. And when you, I mean, it's weird because it's just, you know, I'm not usually booking like people on that level. So for me, it's more about like, like I had Jeff Van Gundy on a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm who I don't really have a relationship with. He came on this podcast once when I first started it, start, when I took it over, and that was like two years ago. So we have not had any contact in two years. I texted him asking if he'd come on, and he responded within a minute like, yeah, what time? Oh, that's and it's great. like, well, you know, and then there's other people who it's like, you know, pulling teeth just to get a response. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. I've probably worked harder to try to book John Krasinski on this podcast than any human being. And it's been so unsuccessful. And I can't tell you what that does to you. It All right. Just, so Jimmy, are you getting, are you getting no's or are you getting non-answers? Well, like here's, so this is, it's a long story that I'll try to tell quickly. So he was going to come on when a quiet play, no, uh, Jack Ryan for Amazon. He yeah. was doing prep. No, no. The first, right, it was quiet place. When quiet place came out, he was doing a million interviews and I usually don't like doing those interviews when someone's promoting a movie because they're on every show and there's just nothing yeah. interesting about it, but you make exceptions. John Krasinski obviously is an exception. So he was booked and he was going to come on and then a quiet place came out the first weekend and did like the biggest monster box office it could do. And then he, he, you know, his team, I guess, then canceled all his sports interviews. Like he was yeah. supposed to go on Dan Patrick. Yeah. And he was supposed to go on, I think like get up and they canceled all sports. Cause I guess they figured they didn't need us, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But then you, you got Michael Scott though. I did. Yes. I did. Right, then so he was happened? supposed to come on for Jack Ryan. And then that ended up falling through. And then I figured I'm going to try to do this on my own instead of like through PR people. So I stalked them on Twitter. Didn't work. And then at the beginning of this, when the some good news thing was going on, I went through all these back channels. I joined LinkedIn to find out like who was in charge of the show. You go crazy, right? I know. Yeah. And they were into it. But then when it gets to him and his people, that's when it gets. Then I got like a directly to his person. And then it just it gets shot down immediately with in a polite like, you know, the polite like he's not doing press at this time, but yes. it's really like, go fuck yourself. Sure. Like that's, you know, you got it. Listen, and it's anybody listening who has a podcast or wants to start one. Yeah, you got it's, it's a golden age right now for getting directly to the person. If you can somehow get, you can't go through the reps. You can't go through. You got to go to the person. If you can yeah. somehow reach them on Twitter or Instagram and say, "Look, here's my deal. This is what I'm doing. I'd love you to have you come on." That's the way you got to land those whales because they have too many people working for them to say no to everything. You got to go directly to them. You got to somehow hit Krasinski personally. You can find a way. It's not as easy as you think. I know. Well, when he, he's on a level that, tell me who who are your whales? Who do you who do, who do you, I'm sure you know in your back of your head like yeah. you want this person on, you want that person on. You know, oddly, I, I've always really wanted to interview Arnold Schwarzenegger for a lot of reasons. One. First of all, it's a podcast. His voice is fucking hilarious. The second he starts talking, and immediately <laughs> identifiable. That's half yeah. the battle. <laughs> and then I just grew up with him. Um, I think you could talk obviously all Hollywood, but you could talk a ton of politics and election year with him. You could talk uh, parenthood. It's just like, I think there's, it's endless. And I think he's kind of crazy in, in a fun way. Like I think he's mm-hmm. loose. So him for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a million of them and you know, it, it's, it's talking about reaching directly to the people. I talked about how I had spent all these years building up a relationship with Rogers, but there's also a flip side of this and you would get this. So I wanted somebody from the Chiefs. I wanted to talk, you know, Mahomes and World Champs, and they're the biggest thing in football. So here's what I did, Jimmy. I said, I'm going to go into my Twitter settings, and I'm going to look at who follows me, who's verified. See, and just start scrolling down the list of verified people that follow me, and then maybe one of them will peek something. I'm scrolling, 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 and I'm like, I didn't know the Honey Badger follows me. I have no idea. So I go to his account. I've never talked to him, never met him, never had any exchange with him. And I sent him a DM. I was like, hey, dude, it's yeah. good to hear. I'd love to talk to you. Here's this whole thing. And he goes, yeah, man, I'm in. And so it was just that because I put the pieces together that he followed me. It just gave me a, a means to reach him. Never yeah. met him before. He comes on. Couldn't have been cooler. Couldn't have been easier. Just that. It was Twitter. 
I'm a big honey badger fan. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, dude, that, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I've done that many times myself. Um, it is bizarre when you see who follows you, though, because there, there are some people who like, you know, there are celebrities who don't do their own Twitter and they obviously have a team doing it who follow like everyone. Yeah. So it's very bizarre to me, like if I'm scrolling through the verified of like who follows me and it's like Kyle Brandt follows you, Peter Schrager follows you, Lady Gaga follows you. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then you see she follows like 5 million people. So, Well, Jimmy, um, I, um, I, I have a surprise for you. Yeah. So we talked about the format of the pod. I'm trying to make it different. And it's, it's, it's taking it and switching it around and asking people things about themselves that they may or may not know. And... Uh, it's called 10 questions, but I created two questions for you. And I'd like to present those two questions to you as if oh, you were God. 10, right. 10 questions. All right. I got this is not planned. not planned at all. And remember, when the question comes out, it's not just some silly fluff out in the stratosphere. There's a connective tissue to your life, which will be revealed. I've got Thank two you. for you. Here they go. I should tell you now ahead of time. I also had two for Bill Simmons. He got 0 for 2. So if you can get one out of two, you will beat Bill Simmons. Oh, so this is like an actual answer to this question. Oh, yeah. That's a trivia question coming at you right now. Okay. All right. I'm terrible at trivia, but let's go. Question number one. Yeah. Your category is Adam Sandler. Um, I'm going to do terrible, but go ahead. Jimmy Trena, what 2006 Adam Sandler movie co-stars Kate Beckinsale as his wife? I have no idea because I'm not a Sandler guy. Um, Sandler is a New York guy. Yeah. He loves his New York Um, sports. What movie was he in I'll with Kate say, Beckinsale? I'll say Big Daddy. <laughs> he says Big Daddy. And then right now we would play the sound effect that goes like, eh, you got it wrong. Jimmy, the answer is not Big Daddy. The answer is Click, in which Adam Sandler uh, has a magical remote control. And we asked you that question because now that would be my segue into asking you about Hot Clicks. Because oh you ran Hot Clicks in the yeah. day. That's how I first learned about you. And I've talked about Hot Clicks a million times. And now we would go into a conversation about Hot Clicks. And I'll ask you the question I've asked you before. All the Hot Clicks lovely ladies of the day, which one got the greatest reaction when you would feature her? That's a good question. And I would love to answer it, but that was so long ago. And I have such a terrible memory. Um, was it Tiffany see. Amber Thiessen? Well, here was, this was the trick back in the day. Okay. It was always the lovely lady of the day who people didn't know mm-hmm. were the ones that always did the best. Interesting. Like everyone knew Tiffany Amber Thiessen and everyone knew JLo and everyone knew, you know, back in the day, like Kim Kardashian when she was dating Reggie Bush and all that. So those wouldn't do as good as just a random lovely lady that people had never heard of before the new girl sure right the one that always is in my brain that was like the biggest um that caused like the biggest stir was a playmate who's now married to evan longoria jamie edmondson who got featured for a whole week which we had never which was unprecedented because she had done some photo shoot wearing uh, a t-shirt from every nfl team so there was a sports connection there and the reaction to her was probably the biggest. Wow, Jamie Edmondson. I don't have any memory of that one. Um, I, I, yeah. not, I remember, <laughs> if no, you I, Google her name and like, I remember hot, who she was. I see <laughs> a few things come up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Jim, we would have a longer conversation about that based on that, but you got 0 for 1. I got one more question for you. Wait, 0 for 1, isn't it 1, one out of 2? No, you're 0 for 1 right now. And now you got a oh. second question. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. I thought that was. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. All right. Those are the follow up questions. Question yeah, number two for Jimmy Trena. He is joining me here on 10 Questions. He is the host of the Sports Illustrated Media podcast, big New York sports fan, and he hates Alex Rodriguez. Jimmy, your category for question number two is reality stars. Uh Uh-oh. Anna Nicole Smith's reality show featured her ubiquitous attorney who went by what name? That one is a layup. Howard K. Make sure you say the K. Howard K. Stern. Ding, 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 ding. Jimmy Trainer, a one for two. He beat Bill Simmons. He got a 50%. And now, of course, you got Howard K. Stern. I would then segue once again into saying, Jimmy, how much is the other Howard Stern an influence on everything you do in media? Um, You know, it it was a big big influence, especially during the hot clicks days, because the one thing 
And this is true of Mike and the Mad Dog too, who I would cite as other influences for me, especially during the Hot Clicks days. Now things are a little different. I've learned how this game works, blah, blah, blah. But one thing that Howard always did and that Mike and the Mad Dog always did was, I felt, is they never took advantage of the audience or asked the audience to buy hats, buy t-shirts, subscribe to this, you know, send money for this. They just did their shows. Uh, You know, Howard did pay-per-views, I guess, so maybe, but you're getting something for that. But they never really like cheapen their shows. They and didn't they all they asked the audience to do was to listen to their shows. So I tried to sort of emulate that and be like, listen, I'm doing this hot clicks every day. Then after a year it became twice a day. Like, just read this. I'm not gonna ask you for anything else. And um that was sort of that, you know, and I think, you know, the authenticity is the other thing. I mean back in the day, though, when I listened to Howard and Mike the Mad Dog, there wasn't this thing where so many people were fake and just said stuff to get a reaction because social media wasn't around. And now you don't know, you know, people say shit that they don't mean just to like we talked about with the um, at the beginning of this, yeah. um, you know, just to get a reaction, fight with people on Twitter. Yeah, get likes and follows and, you know, I, listen, I can go on Twitter and say Kyle Brandt's an asshole right now and, like, people would start following me. I mean, it's just, it's neat, you know. So, I don't know. I just always tried to, you know, what you see is what you get. So, are you saying that we will never be able to spend twelve ninety nine to get a SI Media <laughs> Podcast coffee mug? Because I want one, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I'd rather just, like, get you the mug myself and, you know, do it that way. <laughs> no bonus coverage behind the paywall of your exclusive sit-down with Jeff Van Gundy? <laughs> I mean, listen, that stuff's out of my control. That can end up happening, but yeah, not because of me. Of you course. Know, I'm, not, I'm not running my own show here. I have people, you know. I know. Well, Jimmy, chat. you did great on my mini show. You did one out of two, and you didn't get click, but you got Howard K. Stern. And then it, imagine it's – it's Paul Rudd or it's Rogers doing 10 of those and like getting really worked up about what their final score is. <laughs> yeah, I get, listen, if I did 10 of those, I would get very, very intense about it. Yeah, no you doubt. might get a three out of 10 and everyone make fun of you. <laughs> right. no, it's a great format. It's a really great format. Fun, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, let's talk about the office quickly. Cause we mentioned yeah. Krasinski earlier. Yeah. Um, so the last time you were on, uh-huh. I badgered you about not watching the office. You said you'd watch it. I got to say, I give you a lot of credit because you watched it during quarantine, yep. during the pandemic, whatever we're calling it. Lived up to the hype. Was there too much hype for you to fully appreciate it? You Can, can you see why there was so much hype? What's the Kyle Brandt synopsis? It's it's fantastic. I, I, I would, I'm not the kind of guy who says, you know, I actually found it kind of boring. No, it's awesome. The characters are wonderful. I laugh out loud several times every episode. Here's what I will say, Jim. I can't imagine, though, having to wait a week for it to come out every week. That's it's yeah. it's too much because Brooke and I will sit down on a Saturday night with you know a, a bottle of wine and some fettuccine, and like we will knock out like seven episodes in a row yeah. because they're twenty minutes. And we'll just say another one, another one, another one. And it's an awesome way to watch it because you just go from the credits to cold open, credits cold open. I, I love it, and I'm already uh, it's kind of sad that it's almost over. I'm trying to give you some takes, uh, some takes I have. Here's a take that like w- would not be – obviously, Michael and Jim, all that stuff's great. The guy who I really enjoy on the show, do you have any idea who I'm going to say? Well, I, based on conversations, I think you're going to say Kevin Malone. I think Kevin is my favorite supporting character, and that's a separate conversation for sure. Oh, okay. For some reason, I really like the moments with Toby. I like Toby because he just plays that unbelievably tediously boring waste of space HR guy to the max, to where he dresses, the way his face is, the way his hair is. And every time Michael shits on Toby is hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Um, I love Toby. When when Toby leaves for a little while there and they have the goodbye party for him and Michael starts singing goodbye, Toby, it's just... Oh, a There's a moment scene. when Toby sits down next to Michael in the cafeteria and Michael just pushes his tray off the table yeah. onto the floor. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And then yeah. there's like some moments where Toby gets a crush on somebody in the office and goes to work on it. And he's just so pathetic. And I didn't even learn till recently that the, the man who plays Toby is hugely instrumental in the writing and the story yep. and everything. So that makes you respect it even more. I, I don't know if I'm how big of my army is, but I'm team Toby. I like him a lot on the show. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm one of. The, it's weird. I like everyone on this show. I, uh-huh. There's no one that except I didn't in the late. I, I soured on, um, the Ed Helms character yeah. over the years. Sure. And you know, in the later years, I don't even count those. But during from the Michael Scott regime, you know, I, I pretty much liked all the characters. It's so much singing from Andy. I, I, I don't need that much singing. I feel like every single moment he's singing, and I know that's part of his character. I just I don't like that. And look, he 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 has to be in the dunk contest and follow Vince Carter. He has to step in for michael scott it's a very 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 tough gig and so i mean i think i think he's an interesting character but I, i'm not a massive fan either yeah. i find that when michael leaves you just start to really appreciate the supporting characters like i think that's i don't think i fell in love with kevin fully until michael left because kevin started getting more story and um that's when i really took off for me i also look there's in in this office full of maniacs and dwights and whatnot you need a healthy dose of Oscar, who's always yeah. so practical yeah. and always just like, you know, Michael, that's a ridiculous suggestion. And it's, he doesn't have the funny lines, but yeah. he's unbelievably identifiable because he's us watching at home. So I love Oscar, too. I the, the scene when Michael kisses him. Yes. It, you have to watch it. See, I don't know if you know. So I watch the series. Yeah. And then I'm the sort of person that when I'm done, then I start doing such deep dives and digging into it. And then I found out from doing, you know, reading about the series that that was not planned. Oscar did not know that kiss was coming. No oh one in the God. cast did. And then when you watch it again, it has, it, it, it's a whole different way of watching it when you know that fact. Well, and, I have um, no respect for Oscar. That was an awesome performance by him to stay yeah. in it. Yep. That was all Steve Carell doing that on his own. And then the thing I was going to say about the Andy Bernard characters where they lost me was when he was engaged to Angela. I mean, uh-huh. she treated him basically like a piece of dirt yeah. and he took it. And then even after he finds out that Dwight was banging Angela, he still stays with her. And so it, how can you even yeah. have any interest in a character like that? It doesn't make sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm bringing it back now to did it live up to the hype? I think the thing that had more hype than anything about the entire show was Dwight Schrute. Because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pretty plugged into this stuff. I know all about beat farming and they were the yellow shirts and the, I, I understand what that character has meant in pop culture even though i've never watched the show and so the, the show starts and you're like all right let me see this dwight guy how fucking funny could this guy be but then he's unbelievable it, yeah. it really he steps up and he plays the greatest rock and roll set for nine seasons and it's it's like you guys were all right all the dumb t-shirts and all the dumb memes <laughs> they're all it because that's yeah. it jimmy like I think that there's more memes and Twitter reactions and gifts about The Office than maybe anything in pop yep. culture. It's everywhere. Every tweet has yeah. Michael Scott below him or Stanley laughing. It's like, so now I didn't get all those for years. And it's now I like, I speak Mandarin Chinese, this crazy language <laughs> that everyone's talking. I learned it. It's fun. Well, did you like, did you know what that's what she said was before The Office? Well, I know what that means when someone makes like a, a dick joke they didn't mean to make. Right, right. I didn't know that that was a Michael thing or, right. you know, a Jim thing. I Pam and Jim, I, I, I didn't really know what that was. Vaguely, right. I understood that. But like John Krasinski, Jenna Fisher, like those people didn't really have any bearing in my life. Like I saw, yeah. I saw when I saw The Quiet Place, I'm like, this is a cool movie. I've never watched. I don't know who Jim Halpert is, but this guy's pretty right. cool. Isn't that weird? Right. It's funny. It's funny because you brought up the thing about how you can't imagine watching it week to week, and I and I didn't watch The Office when it was on, and a lot of people in the SI office did. And I remember from being in the office, and I remember from Twitter or the internet, whatever. I do remember like when they got married, there was a big like, oh, they finally got married, and there was even some like, oh, who cares about it? It's been so long. Who even cares? Like, but when you watched it the way I did, which is like the whole series in like you know a month, then it didn't seem as crazy. So um, that's what I remember was their wedding being a big deal. I, I can't believe it's been almost 50 minutes already. Um, before I let you go, yeah. let's talk about one more show because Hard Knocks um, is on debuting tonight when we tape this on Tuesday. What, what, how do you feel about the series this year? I mean, it's, Are you it's, looking forward to it? It's fucking wild, man. I mean, it's, it's, I, I love the show. I always love it, but the COVID factor is, in, is incredible. Like this, just to be able to see these players sit down every day and get the thing jammed up their nose. And they're just as squeamish about it as we are. And look, how do you follow last season 
when when Antonio Brown is refusing to play because he burned his feet off, and then he won't do it because he doesn't want to wear the helmet. That should have been the apex of the crazy shit on that show. How do you follow that act? You have a show in the middle of the pandemic where no one can get close to each other. You can shoot a reality show about it. So, look, I, I love all the tropes of hard knocks and the cuts and the rookie talent show and Liev Schreiber speaking over slow motion sprinkler heads. I love all that stuff. I just want to see behind the scenes now. I almost want it from an archaeological standpoint. Like, I, I want to see how this works because this is like going to be history here. So the players reporting, tested. It's, uh, two weeks from now, they're going to have two guys who come up sick, and that's going to be a major storyline. It's 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 suddenly become a lot bigger than rooting for the scrappy seventh round rookie to make the team. You know, I had such little interest in it, but you just got me a little fired up for it. I hope I so. To say. I mean, I'm not on the take, but like, no, no, I know, no, no. What you said all makes sense. Everything you said makes sense, and I just I don't know. I, those teams don't do much for me, but you do. You made some good points there. You got me a little more fired up for it. I mean, personally, I have to say. I, maybe there was a 0% chance that it could have ever happened. But like, even if the NFL had to like bribe and blackmail, they should have gotten the bucks to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the bucks would have been real. I don't understand why we're still in that. We, there's those strange bylaws with hard knocks where you can't yeah. have made the playoffs the year before and you can't have done it before. I don't, even though I'm an NFL employee, I don't understand how it can't be like, Roger Goodell lines up the 32 teams and points and right. says, you're the team. And it's like, no, we did it three years in a row. I don't care. Dallas, you're the team again. I don't know yeah, why no. they can't just flex their muscles and say, you're the hard knocks team. Cause then we'd be going to Tampa. There's so many bizarre rules about it. Like I know. you can't like, um, like if you have a new coach, if you've yep. made the playoffs, you haven't made that. Yeah. It's yeah. You're right. David. It should have been, but I do think – I get a huge kick out of McVay. No one has found their calling in life in the world more than Sean McVay in coaching. When he starts talking ball, man, he just goes. And I find it to be very, very entertaining. Plus, I know him a little bit personally, and like he's a legitimately great guy. So I'll watch him talking X's and O's and spider 2Y banana and doing that shit. I'm in. I know you're married, so I won't say yeah. you probably are You know, looking forward to seeing his wife. So we'll just – Oh, yeah. I got to yeah. talk to him about that once after those pictures from Hawaii came out. I was yeah. I was interviewing McVeigh, like he and his he and his girlfriend at the time we had just come back from Hawaii, and I was like, "So Sean, how have you been?" And he's like, "Well, I just got a trip to Hawaii, a little vacation." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, Sean, I saw some pictures from that trip," and he just started laughing. He knew immediately what I meant, and he totally got it. I think he had won Coach of the Year that night in NFL honors. I think he also won Man of the Century in Hawaii based on on that. Yeah, and God bless it. They've been together a long time before. Yeah, they have. I was gonna I was gonna say I, I have a feeling HBO may feature her. Well, I remember when they featured October Gonzalez, the beautiful uh, lady friend of Tony Gonzalez, probably ten years ago, and yeah. she uh, she got a lot of attention. So she, sure, her name yeah. is a uh, Veronica, Veronica with a K A at the end. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes yeah. it even more exotic and beautiful. So I have a feeling Veronica, yes, will will be on Hard Knocks, and God will. Yeah, I get, if you get like some Keenan Allen stuff, I guess that he's he's a character. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Goff is an interesting guy a little bit. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, the two teams, I feel like it's like a try hard thing, but we'll see how it goes. I'm going to give it a I, I will say this. I think what's good is what I wrote today. I have no expectations. So I think that's a, that's a good play going into it. I just show up for Schreiber, the dulcet tone yeah. of Liev Schreiber. I don't care what he's talking about. I like hearing that man talk. It is pretty great. Um, all right. I appreciate you coming on and good luck with the pod. 10 questions with Kyle Brandt comes out Wednesday. And uh, Spotify and YouTube. So it's going to be on you. So there's video and it's on YouTube all the time. Yeah, it's like heavily produced. They did a great job with it. They did do up the whole game show factor with lights and sound effects. And it's it's really cool. And Rogers, even if you're not a Rogers fan, like you have an opinion on him and you're interested in him. And man, he, he shows up and just swings for the fences. It was so cool, man. Uh, and of course, we have good morning football every day yep. where Kyle's kids come and crash the scene and he gets angry. He's had enough. <laughs> Get out of here, you little brats. Yeah. Be nice to the kids. I'll try. All right. Take it easy, man. Appreciate it. You're the best, Jimmy. All right. My thanks to Kyle Brandt. Great conversation as always with Kyle. So entertaining. Appreciate him coming on. Last week, John O'Ran was on the podcast from Sports Business Journal. If you're looking for a little potpourri of sports media news, check that out. Two weeks ago, Jeff Van Gundy. Three weeks ago, Joe Buck. All those interviews in the SI Media Podcast archives. 
So if you're not a subscriber, you can uh, hit that subscribe button. It would help tremendously. Rate and review and uh, give all those a listen. All right. Stay safe out there. My thanks to Kyle. Check out his pod. And we'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.